Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amateur Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined this season by... This is Jordan here. Jordan, how you doing today? I am spectacular. I'm doing great, too. Uh, it's actually this evening, to be specific, and uh, Jordan and I are working through some uh, uh, internet and audio video technical difficulties so hopefully we can get this podcast recorded and put to bed uh yeah sometimes that's how it happens i've always joked to people that i'm an underused uh government device where if you just get me around a computer and technology i can crash it so uh one of these days somebody will take me uh take advantage of that all right uh yeah anyways this is the week two eyes on big podcast uh the week that we get to know some of these teams um first a uh, couple housekeeping items that i want to uh talk about ironically there have been technical difficulties that people have been talking about with the podcast where sometimes it seems like we slow down i've heard people on you know on twitter letting me know the only thing i can tell you is that i hear you i'm doing everything i can to try to figure out what it is maybe it's something as simple as my internet, uh, but in the end, once the podcast gets recorded, it it uh, put it spits it out into a format. I listen to it; it sounds great, and then I have to reformat it into an MP3. Yada yada. Uh, have to you know kind of manipulate it. Jordan, I can tell you, it all sounds good when I go through that, and also it's the same process that Kurt and I have gone through forever so i i can't figure it out but i just want our listeners to know that i am efforting to try to figure it out yeah i know my wife had issues with one of the episodes she listened to just briefly just to get a sound check on it i think it might be a spotify thing because she was listening to it on spotify okay. yeah i listened to it on apple Podcasts. i've never had a problem so maybe if I you're listen- on spotify try something else okay i i listen on apple all the time but i do spot check it sometimes on spotify i've knock on wood i've never had a issue with either but i just want you to know folks obviously that is not our goal ever we're trying to fix it but uh the staff yeah, we want you to listen to what we have to say we <laughs> yeah. don't want you to get bored by any no means. It, it definitely helps the other thing kurt and i've been wanting to say this for for weeks so now i'll say it with jordan and i we have advertisers now okay for the podcast there's only one advertiser that we you know speak for which is the amador whiskey company obviously some of the other ads, uh, they're open to a lot of things. We we don't endorse them. So that goes for me, Jordan. It goes for you, too, I would assume. Yeah. Um, some of them are political. Uh, definitely don't aren't putting any endorsements out there. And then and then some of them are like energy drinks, Jordan. And that my uh, Mrs. Greek heard the energy <laughs> drink and she looked at me because she believes energy drinks like that are poison. Red 40 will kill you, Jordan. Um, yeah. And I'm like. Hey, you know, I, I don't get to I don't get to pick uh, who the advertisers are. So another thing we yeah, want to put unfortunately, out there. big business finds their way to get their hooks into everything. So, yes, they do. Just waiting for those big checks from the big business. We haven't seen that yet. Um, yeah, right. Some more, nice. Yeah. Some more football related situations. Uh, Abdul Carter, uh, very talented linebacker for Penn State. I guess we're not out of knucklehead season just yet. Got got caught with a little bit of weed. He got weed. Stay off the weed. <laughs> hey, however you feel about the weed or not, I guess it's not up to us. Um, probably don't want to do it during the season, even if you're trying to just wind down after that big win over West Virginia. Who knows? 
but we still haven't figured out exactly what's going to happen with Abdul Carter suspension. Um, but I feel like if this was happening in the SEC, we, I don't know, Jordan, I feel like maybe we wouldn't even hear about. I don't think the SEC's ever heard of weed. Like, <laughs> weed, what's what's that? No, that's just oregano, officer. We're okay. Yeah, yeah, that works down there. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it for the housekeeping. Then we kind of move in to week two here. Um, th- I don't know about you, Jordan, but like, it, it is, we're not quite into what the regular season feels like for me, meaning, okay, I think you probably know where I'm going with this. What an awesome underrated sports weekend. Like, I feel like everybody talks about the NCAA, you know, opening round of, of the basketball tournament, which don't get me wrong. I enjoy, but how awesome is it that for week one, we get Thursday, Friday, Sat all day Saturday. We got all day Sunday and then Monday night. So it was just a smorgasbord. That is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five days of college football. And then all of a sudden you turn around and it's it's Tuesday after Labor Day. Um kids had to go back to school. Hopefully it went. I don't were your kids back in school already, or was that their first day on Tuesday? No, my kids were back already. So okay, so that's at least good for you. I had kids going back. Work, you know, came flying at me at 100 miles per hour. And then suddenly you look up and you're like, oh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> we <laughs> we have, have to re- record a podcast. We have to record a podcast. So yeah. It always happens every year, sneaks up on me every single year. I don't I don't know why that is. but And then as we head into this weekend, we've got 14 games to break down. As some of you folks can imagine, we maybe won't be able to go as in-depth on some of these teams. Why? Or games, I should say. Why? Seven games essentially either don't have a line or the line is 24 points or higher. Okay, so not expecting much of a contest there. Then the other side, we've got seven lines that are basically right around a touchdown or less. So it's like it's like two sides of the page here for the Big Ten as we head into this weekend. I think you'll find some very common trends and things that I'll be saying about some of these games this week. I'll just put it to you that way. There's going to be some common denominators yes, going on here. I've got common common denominators. I can't talk tonight either, apparently. And and things myself. So, okay, let's go ahead and jump into it so that we're not recording all night. It's uh, Jordan's an hour in front of me, so I feel even worse for him. As we mentioned, 14 Big Ten games this weekend, two on Friday, 12 on Saturday. All times are central, and here we go. First game up, as the clock says, the Indiana State Sycamores at the Indiana Hoosiers. This is a 6 o'clock p.m. game on BTN, of course. No lines, no over-unders. What are we looking at here, Jordan? So this this is a local rivalry. The, The two teams have played six times. Uh, this will be the first matchup since 2014 where the Hoosiers won 28-10, and the Hoosiers have not lost to the Sycamores in their history. Okay. So um, this is going to go along those lines of the games where there's not a whole lot to talk about. I no. do have one little tidbit here about Indiana okay. State. I have okay. an inside source at the Indiana State University. Oh, I like this. Somebody I work with has a son that goes to school down there. They went to the football game last weekend, and he yeah. said, Dad, I think I could start on this football team. My oh, God, boy. they're bad. 
Oh boy. That so okay. yeah. <laughs> so not a lot of high hopes for the Sycamores this weekend, but that means old Tommy A and the Hoosiers yeah. have a shot to get some momentum going and keep building on what they did against the Buckeyes last week. So I wonder if we will have a bigger, you know, gap in in play in competition than Indiana is going to experience week one, week two, going against Ohio State, <laughs> who many people think, you know, still has a chance to get to or win the national championship to the Indiana State Sycamores. So I don't know that that's interesting. So for me, um, what am I looking for? Obviously, we're just kind of we're score checking and stat checking on this one. We're going to pop in and just see how this one's going. Um, the good news is, you know, there's only two games on Friday night, so we can pop over and see how it goes. But let's let's hey, Hoosiers, let's get something established on the ground. OK, like you're obviously not going against as good of a defense. Long story short, I want to see the quarterback. I want to see the running backs. I want to see an offense pop. You got to get some good feels underneath you for a competition like this. I'm I'm sure that's what we're going to see for most of Friday night. Yeah, I don't even necessarily need to see like a true balance offense from Indiana. I just want to see one side or the other. Yep. Air, throw it 45 times if you think that's what you want to do or run it 45 times if that's what you think you want to do. But give me something. Give me what your identity, what you think it's going to be. Let's push to it because there's no game you're going to have on your schedule more than this one where you can really, okay, let's build the confidence. Yep. Let's get what we want to do moving and try and try to establish something going into the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I got total faith in the defense. I feel like I oh, yes. pat myself on the back a little bit with that. Um, but let's get the offense going. This isn't a get right game. This is honestly start your season game, right? I mean, I I 100%. I still think it could work out in Indiana's favor that they played Ohio State first. As it turned out, it was kind of a confidence boost. So let's get the confidence going even more. I've got Indiana 44. Indiana State six. Hmm. I went Indi- Indiana th- thirty. Ooh, Indiana State three. Okay, for a thirty-three and under. I'm, you know, this this Hoosiers offense was it, it was scary. I don't want to go full out full bore and say they're going to just you know drop seven touchdowns on the board. I I think it might still be a little sluggish to start, and then they find their way and put it okay. away. But now right. this game's never going to be close. I. I think it's kind of a sad field goal for Indiana State, if nothing else. There's never a doubt. I just think you're still going to be in the mud a little bit until they get their feet going on offense. I could see it. I I don't know if I have more faith in Indiana or just less faith in Indiana State. Either either is very plausible. Very possible. Very possible. Staying at Friday night, starting a whopping half hour later, the Illinois Fighting Illini at the Kansas Jayhawks. This is a 6.30 p.m. game. On ESPN two line, Jayhawks by three, over under fifty eight points. So Vegas is saying thirty to twenty seven. Man, this game has got me weirded out. Man, we'll talk through this a little bit. Uh, you got any tidbits for the listeners here, Jordan? This will be the sixth time that they played. Care to guess the last time that these two teams squared off? Ah, uh, man, I'm gonna say nineteen ninety four. 1968 you're shitting me it's been a very long time the jayhawks won 47 to 7 what back then back in the 60s i was very shocked too when i found that as well it's been a long time because i've I've never known kansas to have success in football other than you know a couple snippets and illinois people might you know season right yeah yeah wow 
that was quite this that that was a good one jordan that was a good one but um, you could say no better time for them to meet again because i think these two programs are on the trajectory up right yes. now so this is a great time for these two programs to meet because we're gonna see what they're both made of i have a feeling no this uh, that is an excellent point uh um, or, or there could have been other times where if they met up, you know, and they were at the lowest to, to try to gain <laughs> On the other end of that. Yeah, but yeah. But to this to save better. Big Kurt a little bit, we won't talk about those yeah. things. Speaking of Big Kurt, I, I did seek out Big Kurt for a little bit of information. And what I was seeking out on his Illini, what the bleep was going on with that defense on uh, last weekend? Okay, don't get me wrong. Again, I feel like me and you gave Toledo as much credit as Toledo needs to get on a Big Ten football-specific podcast. I do think Toledo was good, but there were things that I was not seeing along the Illini defensive line that weirded me out. Okay. I, I'm hoping that is a one-time thing. My take Jordan, the big boys up front have read a little bit too many of their own press couplings. I know that's probably a very, I wonder if that's what happened. I also wonder if one of the best coaches to snap that, stuff back in 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 line is our guy beetle like they they could have the right guy on the sideline for that yeah, yeah that was the first note i wrote down too i want to see johnny newton and them like there were times when i rewatched this game where they were just standing up like there there was no push no there was literally no effort can i being can i in. can i interrupt you because i want to blagger like like build on your point kurt was watching this and kept texting me he, he, again, he knew I was watching with my brother and my nephew, and he kept saying, are you guys watching this game? Our defensive line is standing straight up and getting pushback. So what you picked out as a non-Illini fan is what Kurt's eyes went to as well. Weirdest thing in the world. I do not yeah. know what was going on. Especially when I was, I mean, that's why I was watching them because I expected that to be the most dominant position on the field. Like I right. wanted to see them control it. So I want to see... Is there a little more motor there? Did did Beetle kick him in the ass yeah. and get him going this week? Because they're going to have to be better. This is a very yes. good Kansas team. And especially, they're talking Jalen Daniels is going to be back for Kansas. Yep. So that just adds another piece to it. So, and if it I mean, ain't, defensively, that defensive line's got to be the to. force that they can be. It they has got to eat. Uh, and if it ain't, if it ain't uh, uh, Davis, it's Jason Bean. 6'3", 195-pound senior who went 22 of 28, 276 yards and two touchdowns. Also had 41 yards on the ground. Missouri State, I get it. You know, that I, I doubt they're going to be world beaters, but he's played a lot of football before. So he stepped in last year and did yep. the exact same thing when Daniels got hurt. So, yeah, 100%. he's a very experienced backup quarterback. They're, they're getting a good quarterback one way or the other on Friday night. Um, Kurt's take was some sort of a philosophy thing where they felt like they needed to – hang back because of the mobile quarterback. Um, I think they're going to throw that game <laughs> out the window. Go back to what made them great last year, which is running downhill with their hair on fire in the front seven. I I hope that's what I see on Friday night. This is my number two pick of the Big Ten West that I almost had. Oh, this was the one I the voted for. Okay. So, like, I uh, – well, what I was going to say is Illinois was my number two pick to finish in the Big Ten West. Oh, I got so, you. I got so you. I need to see something out of my number two pick in the Big Ten West because I didn't see it, or at least enough of it, on Friday night. Um, Kansas is going to move the ball, okay? Like, even if – because even if Illinois gets back to being Illinois, I think there's going to be gaps that can be taken advantage of. 
Illinois secondary is good. They had a defensive back player of the week that Beetle loved to tweet out and talk about this is what we do. With that being said, they are a little bit gassed and beat up in the secondary. So I, I think Kansas is going to put a little bit of points on the board. On the other side, though, whereas I lost some confidence with the defense, I picked up confidence with the offense because our guy, Lukey Legs, he looked pretty <laughs> dang good last weekend. I'm kind of excited to see what he does, you know, week two here. And I think they need to lean into that a little bit this week. I think I think with what Kansas's defense has shown in the past, that they've been susceptible to mobile quarterbacks, and I think you, I think you need to play into that with Altmaier and let him move around. Don't have him be that statue in the pocket. Get out. Let him be an athlete that he showed he can be last week. Because I agree with you. I'm 100 on. I think there's going to be points. I mean, I've I've got the over in this game. Okay, I go see ahead. This going. I see this going. Illinois 31. Kansas 27. Very close. Very good ball game. I'm taking the Illini in a nice. Okay. And this is a big them and I think they need it so I got the line I went in straight up okay and I got them going over that total at 58 okay um just want you to know and I want our listeners to know that maybe take gambling advice for me I was on your side at one point okay so like and, and maybe this is a paralysis by analysis maybe it was talking to Big Kurt and and me thinking okay I think there was just a bad game plan last week so I am going to give the Illini a flyer for one more week here also with the theme of don't let week one rule exactly what it is. Like the, it is insane how much college football fans or teams, excuse me, fans as well. It's amazing how much college football teams switch from one week, from week one to week two. I, this is what I'm banking on. I, I think Illinois gets back to looking like Illinois. So, but not much lower than you. Okay. I, I've got Illinois 28, Kansas 27. So not only do I have Illinois covering, I having them winning as well, but I've got that just under the 58 point total. So that, that is going to be, that's a fun game to watch on Friday night. Oh yeah. That'll be a, that's a good way to start the weekend a Friday night and settling in late. Yep. I'm, I'm all on board with that. You you could be very right. I mean, with what we all thought this Illinois defense should be last week. Yes. There's no doubt in my mind. They could come out and look like that Friday. You know what I think, Jordan? I think we're going to know who's right. You're over or my under within about seven minutes of the game. Is what I was going to say before halftime. Before At, halftime, we will know. Yeah. Easily before halftime. All right. <laughs> that moves us into a full slate of games on Saturday. We got 12 games this Saturday, September 9th. First game up. Oh, it's a, it's a banger. The Youngstown, Youngstown State Penguins. That's kind of tough to say. At the number five Ohio State Buckeyes. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on BTN. No lines for this game. Is this like sort of a get right game for, for Ohio State? Weird, <laughs> weird to say. But anyways, these two these two teams have probably played a couple times before. You got you got some stats there. Or? Literally a couple times. They've only okay. played twice. It's it's <laughs> nice. weird. Ohio State's up 2 0. Last yeah. time they played in 2008, it was 43 to nothing. Hmm. I did not here. go back far enough to check the other game, but I'm pretty sure when I looked at it, they had not they that Youngstown State did not score either. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't can think the so. Penguins get on the board and get some points is the real marker here. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. Uh so Hoosier, uh, Buckeyes beat the Hoosiers 23-3. So they went on the road and beat a Big Ten team by 20 points. Ohio State fans have proceeded to melt down. And, like, basically, Ohio State Twitter has been a gigantic 
cage match this week and they're all fighting each other. Um, I get why there is some frustration and some concern. I do. I also sort of think that maybe Ohio state fans just aren't used to a little bit of a challenge, you know, beginning of the season, they're used to just rolling the helmets out there and destroying people. Um, I don't know if that's what we have just this yet with the Ohio state Buckeyes. With that being said, if you want to make yourself feel better, you, you line up a Youngstown State and, and you go for it. My question to you would be this. What, what is the style of game plan that you, you think you're going to see out of the Buckeyes on, on Saturday morning? Huh, I don't want to pretend to be in Ryan Day's head, but I mean, from what we saw against Indiana, what was best was running the ball. Yeah. So yes. to me, you establish the running game and maybe go off some play action pass passes, try to get McCord a little more comfortable and just slowly move into that passing offense more than trying to dump it all on at once. So I would, to me, it makes sense to feed the running game in a game like this. You have the three, four monsters in the backfield. Just let them eat. That also gives your offensive line some more continuity together, which is what a lot of the Ohio state fans have been complaining about. So let them work together. To me, that makes the most sense. I mean, what what do you gain from throwing it 40 times in this game? You're well, going I mean, this game by 40 points. What's the benefit in doing that against so, a bad team? I guess the one benefit you would get in doing that is you want to have Marvin Harrison and Double E get some confidence going and you know get get the good feels going. So like at some point in the game, they're gonna toss it up to the to those two and and the plethora of other receivers they have and get them going. I do feel like Brian Day is starting to understand that he needs to lean into the personnel on his team, which is the defense and the rushing attack. So I kind of called it at the beginning of the year, and I feel like the best way, and I think you just said it, to get the confidence going is get a lather going with the offensive line. They've got three really good running backs. So I think that's what you're going to see. And I think you're going to see Devin Brown as well, by the way. So you're going to see McCord and Brown. And then they're going to throw the ball up. Okay, they're going to get some some play actions, just like you said. Maybe not as quite of slow-developing deep shots, but efficient shots that their extremely talented wide receivers turn into big plays. That's what I think we're going to see as this game goes. No, I that. 100%. 100%. I don't, that's very possible. And I would ask Ohio State fans, and I, I know this type of stuff, but like maybe you could just enjoy football like that. <laughs> a rushing attack, play action. It's kind hey, of a fun hey, way. As a Michigan fan, yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's enjoyable to watch. I, I, I wonder if Ohio State fans could wind up liking it more than they got. Anyway, so I have got Ohio State 55, Youngstown State 6. Yeah, you're giving them the points too. Okay. Yep, I have yep. Ohio State 49, Youngstown State 7. That touchdown coming late, late, late in the game because this isn't going to be a situation where the Ohio State defense is playing the starters probably in the second half at all. Yep. So maybe some young guys in that Ohio State defense give up a touchdown because this Youngstown State team did score 52 points last week against Valpo. So their offense has got to be able to do something, right? That's why I get a sad touchdown late. That's yep. why I gave 49, seven. Yep. Yep. But Our, just, just really establish yourself this week. That's what we need to see. Yeah. I think a little bit more points just because Ryan day is going to want to get his points per game and yardage averages 
back up after last week and before yeah. Notre Dame. So he doesn't want to see those stats di- dip too much. All right, next game up. <laughs> the Delaware, <laughs> the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. Yes, that's right. I didn't just make that up. At the number seven Penn State Lit- Nittany Lions, this is an 11 o'clock a.m. game. And where do the Fighting Blue Hens play? We're going to play this game on the Peacock. I mean, I feel like that pretty much makes perfect sense. That was the football universe speaking to everybody. That just had to happen. No lines for this game as well. All right. We got a linebacker that's out smoking weed. Um, Other than that, I feel like Penn State's going to be just fine. Have these two played? Is there any head-to-head matchups between the two? Nope. This will be the first time they've played each other. So all of them are setting it all up here. Yeah. You know what I think? I think out in the wild, I think a Nittany Lion up against a, a Blue Hen, it would probably look about the same as this football contest probably will look once, once the pads start that's, popping. That's the, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, Drew Aller. Let's see Drew Aller cook again. Uh, I mean, looked great last week. Let's get the running backs going. Let's let the defense kill somebody, and, and then you just kind of start pulling people out. Yeah, I was going to say, if any of their starters are playing after halftime, I think it's a disappointment. Like, get them in there, let them play, let them get a little sweat, get their numbers up. Yep. Maybe the first drive out of halftime. Yeah, I was going to say, but like, maybe after the, that. Like, I was going to say, maybe the first drive or two in the second let's half. Stay, let's stay, let's keep everybody healthy. There's Your second string should be able to win this game by 30. Yep, like, yep. And, and for whatever reason, you might roll your eyes at this, but it doesn't seem like James Franklin, like it seems like he races out to like 28 point leads and he slows down quite a bit. I don't know if you've ever noticed that over the year in these games like this. So I had a little bit higher score and I choked it back one touchdown. So I've got Penn State 49, Delaware 6. I've got Penn State 42, Delaware 3. Okay. So you- sad field goal. Are you uh are are you picking up my theme? I, I'm all these games I'm just giving the other team six points. Six. Number one, it's not a touchdown. Okay. And and it's it's not a field goal. I mean, it really is kind of I don't want to give these teams enough credit that they're actually gonna score a touchdown, but only a field goal seems like you know what I mean. So I'm kind of trying to hedge my bet here. I honestly believe six is the good number to go with in games like this. There's a there's a trend to what I'm doing too, but okay. there's only a certain fan base that I think will catch on to it. Okay, that's interesting. Interesting. Okay, next game up. We're still in the early games. This is a good one. All right, this is one that we think probably is worth tuning into. The Purdue Boilermakers go on the road into Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Eleven o'clock a.m. game on ESP ESPN two line Vatech by three. Over under 46. So Vegas is saying something like 26 to 23. Hokies. What do we got here? We got these guys matched up before. This is only the second time they played yeah. in 2015, where Virginia Tech won 51 to 24. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, was, that was so points galore. This game just doesn't smell right to me at okay. all. Virginia okay. Tech, this line moving to Virginia Tech being favored. It just doesn't. It, I don't. I don't see it that way at yeah. all. I really think this is a situation where it's wrong team is favored, in my opinion. Okay, I literally have wrong team favored written down on my page as well. And then, of course, when you see that, and I think this is kind of what you're alluding to, it scares the shit out of you if you mm-hmm. are a, a gambler, if you're a prognosticator, because 
Vegas is probably trying to tell you something. And then maybe this is like me thinking too deep, but or, or maybe it's just appropriate deep thinking. I don't know. But I wonder if essentially Vegas is just saying lost to Fresno State last week. First uh, uh, season with with a new coach and coaching staff going on the road to Blacksburg, I, it, it, like literally taking all the personnel out. I wonder if that's where the line came from in this game with with Virginia Tech being favored. Yeah, that 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 could be. I just, I mean, you look at some of the analytics and stuff like Sagan ratings, Purdue's ranked higher. It's just uh, everything I looked at, like Purdue was was ranked higher, and it's they're not ranked higher by a large margin. So maybe it's just the home field advantage because you know some some of these aggregates are three and a half to four points for home field, and I know going to Blacksburg is no easy environment, but that's just that's still. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bet this game with any of my money. I can tell you that because no, no. it smells so funny. But yeah, I don't know. Thumbs up. Okay. Um, and you know, Enter Sandman's going to be playing. I think it's fair to say it's a little bit muted when the game starts noon local time. You know, it's it's not it's not yes. night. You know, Enter Sandman. I think that makes a difference. The other thing that makes a difference is Virginia Tech's been butt cheeks. You know, for two, three, four years here, they have not been good. I will say though, quarterback Grant Wells, he's good. He's a, he is a good quarterback. Yes. So I he's going to make some plays. There's going to be points that they they put up on the board just because of two things: him and Purdue's defense. But man, they couldn't run the ball versus Old Dominion. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Two point five three yards per carry last week versus ODU. Two point five three. Yeah. And old uh, I looked it up. ODU isn't. I mean, they're not supposed to be good at all. No. So that <laughs> right. And, and they beat Old Dominion, but thirty six to seventeen. And it, it wasn't a, oh, gosh, from from what I've read and looked into, it wasn't a, oh, man, Virginia Tech is better than Old Dominion. They just kind of beat Old Dominion. Then I look on the other side of Purdue, okay? this is, you, Let's talk about Purdue. I, I watched that game. Like, it was a fun game to watch, the Purdue-Fresno State game. Yes, I know they, they got beat. Yes, I know it was at home. But, man, they were up, you know, 28-17 to 17 in, in that game. They had the lead a couple times. I really felt like a lot of it came down to a, a not so good Purdue defense. Okay, this is a Purdue defense that's going to struggle at least the first half of the year. But then the struggling defense lost more guys. They they were losing guys like crazy. I think that fed into Fresno State. It's supposed to be cooler all across the country. I don't know. I don't know about no, Michigan. Thank God. It, it, <laughs> yes, dude, it, it dropped is like tomorrow. thirty degrees. This, where where are you guys at today for the it, temperature? It, it's getting down to the 60s now. It was it yeah. was 88 this this afternoon. It was still 88 this afternoon. Yeah, it's we were to get down in the 60s. We we were in the 60s. All we're in the 50s at night. That's how that's how cold we're getting. You're usually a full day behind me weather wise. Okay, okay. This it's been fantastic. Anyways, um. So long story short, cooler night or you know cooler uh, 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 weather. Guys, you would think wouldn't be dropping like flies. So I do think the Purdue defense will look a little bit better. Not good. I want to say that. But then on the offensive side of the ball, dude, Hudson Card was was dealing, as we like to say. Hudson Card, he was dealing. The wide receivers look good. The tight ends look good. The running, you know, Maccabee is still. I I have faith that Brent Pry is going to have a hard time stopping this offense. So I, I do see Purdue putting points up on the board again this week. I I agree with you 100%. So I'm, I'm going to go right into my score. Go ahead. I have Purdue 31, 
Virginia Tech 24 with 55 total. That goes comfortably over. I'm with you. I think points are going to be scored. I don't think this Virginia Tech defense is going to slow Purdue down much. I think I'm being a little bit modest at 31. I think Purdue could score a little bit more. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see into the low 40s in this game, honestly. Okay. I was there once. I I went higher because what I do sometimes is I predict – and then I look at the score, the scores of the over-unders to see where I'm at. I saw the, the game total at 46, and I'm like, am I seeing things too much here? So I choked back a little bit, but I still have it going over, and I still have Purdue winning the game. I've got Purdue 28, Vatek 24, so we got the same score for Vatek. I've just got a field goal less for Purdue, and at 52 points, I've got it going over as well. I flirted with this being my Amador double-barrel Lock of the week. I would not blame anybody for putting this this uh, over 46 down for their bet. Speaking yep, of Amador. I, I'm right there yep, with you. Right there with me. Speaking of Amador, let's, uh, let's get into the tagline. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company, our unique process. Takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Moving in to the afternoon. Here we go. We've got the Iowa Hawkeyes going into Lames to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. 2.30 p.m. game on Fox. Line Hawks by four over under. Lowest one on the page this week, I believe. 36.5. So Vegas is saying a 20 to 16 Iowa victory. Give me them stats. You know I want to hear these stats. I was going to say, you are probably never been happier to hear what, a rival, yep. what this rivalry looks like. So it's yep. 46-23 in favor of the Hawks. You've doubled them up in this rivalry. This is another situation where do we even call it a rivalry anymore. I mean, come on. Tw- Three-game difference here. But, yeah. but the clones did get you last year 10-7. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was, you know, everybody knows that was the greatest under ever played for Correct. many of us gambling degenerates. I mean, I did make quite a, a hefty chunk of coin in that yes. game last year. It was so just my question there. then is what's the safe bet here? Are there any bets being placed with the whole gambling yeah. thing? Are, yeah. are, we, are we betting it? I mean, yeah. I wasn't going to do it to you, but I had to. No, I know. I actually have a line, uh, a note here that says, Hey, Iowa and Iowa State football players, I don't see a lot of value in this game. You can find value in other games, maybe the over in the game we just broke down. I would stay away from this game. This one's a little bit sketch. Um, Yeah, Iowa State got the Hawks last year. I think it's been since 2013, 14, since Iowa State has won in Ames. Uh, A lot of Iowa fans joke that Jack Trice Stadium is Kirk's second home. Okay, that's out there because he has pretty much owned the clones there. Um, I did break down. I went and looked at the – I watched the Iowa State UNI game to do a little scouting on the Cyclones. So we'll go ahead and start with Iowa State here real quick. So they beat UNI 30-9 to last week. And UNI plays Iowa State tight often, you know. So, like, a lot of people were predicting that to be a close game. I think it – it was a sneaky close game. And what was interesting, Jordan, is that Iowa State blew out UNI by doing a pretty amazing 2021 and 22 Iowa uh, impersonation. They had a uh, amazing punting game, okay, that set them up several times. 
They had amazing special teams on a punt return, set them up for a touchdown, and they also had a pick six. So the pick six, punt, and punt return set them up to a 14-0 lead right away in this game. This game was essentially over at that 14-0 mark. But if you looked at the halftime stats, and then again later in the second half, you and I actually had more yards in this game. I watched you and I. I don't think that's a very good one double a what fcs whatever you want to call it team it i not a lot of athletes a lot of kind of thick ankled dudes playing sp- uh, skill positions on offense so and even they were able to move the ball a little bit on what is still i think a pretty good uh, iowa state defense um so not a great uni team got behind because of you know the extracurriculars but you know that's that's football um, so income the Hawkeyes. So I'll flip it over to you for this part. You know, as far as Iowa matching up to Iowa State, what are you looking at? What are you seeing? Yeah, like we kind of talked about, you know, Iowa doesn't lose in Ames. So you asked when it was. I I am looking at it right now. It was 2011 was the Oof. last time that Iowa State won at home in this game. And that was a scoring smorgasbord of yes. 44 41. Correct. Final score. So I don't foresee that being on no. the docket this weekend. I think everything that you just said about Iowa State makes me feel even better about what I'm looking at. I okay. think I, I like that if Iowa State wants to play Iowa football, I'm going to take Iowa in that game. I, like, think, I don't think I don't think yeah. Iowa State's going to out Iowa Iowa in a game. Like I just don't see that happening. Yeah, no, you uh, you basically might as well have been eavesdropping on the conversation I had with my brother today when we do what we do. You know, we break down the Iowa game pretty much every week and what we're going to see, you know, that Saturday. Um, we we kind of said the out Iowa and Iowa thing as well. Um, as far as matchups, um, I, I believe this will be an Iowa State offense that will struggle mightily throughout the year. Um, their wide receivers are 2022 Iowa-esque. Okay, they're meaning they're not good. They're they're not good. And the tight ends are good. The tight ends are good. Young, a couple of tight ends, but are good. The running backs are good. Uh, Their quarterback, Becht, who, by the way, is the son of former NFL tight end Anthony Becht. Okay, nice quarterback. I think he's good. They're going to pop some plays here and there, scheming stuff up. But otherwise, I think it's going to be a struggle bus. If Iowa and Cade McNamara were healthy, meaning Cade McNamara's leg were healthy, I would feel extremely confident about this game. Um, the scarce, the the score scared me at, at you and I, and then I watched the film, and then I felt a little bit better about this matchup. Um, so, but but tight. I mean, it's just it's hard for me to see either team pulling away with this unless there is a aggressive turnover advantage for for one of these teams. I mean, the, the last time that there was a blowout in, in this game was 2016. Yeah. So all of these games are close. I mean, I, I don't see this being any different. Nope. I, I really – we need to see that Iowa offensive line gel together a little bit better. I and mean, we, we 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 talked about it enough last week. We don't need to reiterate those points. But I need they're, – they're going to need to be more cohesive this week. Because like you said, this is a better Iowa State defense than what we've seen. So yep. Uh, everything we said – Ah, I I like I like the Hawks here. I have Iowa twenty one, Iowa State fourteen. I have a low scoring game that's thirty five points. That's under. I I think that's a safe under. I love the under bet here. There may have there may already be 
They wager plays okay. on my okay. end on the under in this game. Okay. I, I don't – I think I might even be a little modest giving Iowa State 14 because with everything that you, you said, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to find the points that they need to win this game. Yeah. Um, if they find the points, it could be on special teams. Their kicker nailed like a 53-yard field goal to special teams, which is – way outside the norm for what Iowa State usually looks like on special teams. So that could be where they get the points. Like I said, I, I, the the best part of Iowa State is their secondary. And it's weird that I'm going to say this, but I think that's where Iowa winds up popping a big play. I think they're going to challenge the 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 uh, uh, Cyclone secondary and pop one, maybe two, but, but one. And I think that's going to be a big difference in the game. So I have got Iowa... 18 Iowa State 13 <laughs> so at a five point cover or a five point difference that is a one point cover for the Hawkeyes and at 31 points you darn well bet I'm gonna I'm gonna uh predict the under in a 36 and a half point spread I, I mean I'm not crazy here but all right just have to it's a principle it's a principle it's a principle bet it's also what I see too but anyways oh. Next game up, the UNLV running Rebels at the number two Michigan Wolverines. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on CBS. Good luck. It's your first CBS game here. Line Michigan by 36 and a half over under 58. So Vegas is saying something like 47 to 10, which now leads us into America's favorite game here. Who's Michigan's head coach this week? Well, the interesting part about that is you have two guesses <laughs> because this is the week where they're splitting it in half. Jay Harbaugh has the first half, and then at halftime, he hands the clipboard over to Mike Hart. And Mike Hart gives the halftime speech to rally the boys back together and comes out, and he's got it in the second half. So does, you had does he start the speech and then literally pass the clipboard, and then the, the second coach finishes the halftime speech? How, how does so that the work? Joke I, the joke I heard is Jay gets the pregame talk and Mike gets the postgame talk. So that that's that's, that's how oh, they're doing. Man. I I don't know. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's the all, it is, like ever. you said, it is a game anymore at this point. Um. All right, running rebels. They beat the Brian Bulldogs. Boy, some of these teams that you learn when you look deep into it. Uh, they beat the Brian Bulldogs forty-four to fourteen. They got a quarterback, Doug Brumfeld, six-six quarterback. If you're gonna have a six-six quarterback. Doug Brumfeld. That that's a good name for him, I think. Um, anyways, uh, you know, Vegas ain't seeing much here. This is another one of these games, you know, that essentially, you know, we're not asking for much of a we're not expecting much of a contest, but what are you as a Michigan guy, what are you looking for 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 what you're looking for for Michigan, what you want to see him show? Yeah. So this is the second time that these two teams have played. And the only I didn't even have to look this one up. I knew this one because the last time they played was 2015, which is actually the day that I got married. Mm. Was was the last time that these two teams played. We were sitting in the living room before the wedding watching the game while it was going down. So I Fantastic. knew that one without looking this one up. Fantastic. Uh as far as this game goes, stay healthy, stay clean. I mean, yeah. I had a lot of criticisms that I said about Michigan after the last game, and then I've rewatched the game again, and a lot of those have gone away from watching it from a different perspective and a cooler head. You know, I, I was worried about the offensive line because of, you know, they weren't able to run the ball, but then I watched what EC was doing. It's like, okay, they weren't able to run the ball because they took that away. And then the offense adjusted. So I feel a little better about that. So yep. to me, 
I want guys to get healthy because we have a lot of guys that are rotating in and out because they're banged up with nothing major. This game is it's not going to be close. Yep. I think our second string wins this game. I think our second string could cover in this game because I do not think that UNLV is anywhere near what ECU is. So, yeah. yep. I think we're pretty much seeing the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Build on what you did last week. I have Michigan 45, UNLV three. Okay. Um, it's a 48. So that's an under. That's an under. Because okay. for some reason, I think this new clock rule, I yeah. think Michigan is going to be more of an under team because they do like to run the ball so much. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I think we may have a new trend of Michigan unders coming. Yeah. Uh, interesting that you say that. That might feed into how I'm going to finish off the score prediction here. Um, I, I want to see the offensive line get into a ladder again. Okay. Didn't feel like we saw that last week. A little Casernicus on uh, the running back situation. Okay. Donnie Edwards looks a little off to me. Okay. And, and I think Corum still amazing, maybe still a little rusty, you know, trying to trust things. So I, I, I have no doubts on the Michigan rushing attack being very good. I have doubts if the Michigan running back r- running situation is as elite as it was the past two years. Okay. In fact, I'm going off the notion that it's not quite as elite right now, or maybe the rest of this year as it was the last two years. I also think J.J. McCarthy will be better, okay, more on that later in the year. But I'm not sure if this is the game where J.J. McCarthy cooks, okay? I feel like it It kind of is get what you get and get out of the game. Same thing as last week. Get the, the, the underclassmen a ton of reps starting pretty early in the game. And I think that plays into this game being under, okay? So I have got Michigan 40, UNLV... Six again, <laughs> and at forty-six uh, points, that's twelve points under the game total. That Jordan is my Amador double barrel lock of the week. I think the under in this game looks divine to me. Yeah, I, you kind of agree with me. Already, I, I think already, right? I, I haven't. I, I haven't played it, but I'm predicting it. Got so, okay. All right, staying in the afternoon and moving on here a little bit, we have got the Richmond Spiders at the Michigan State Spartans. 2.30 p.m. game on BTN. No line for this game. Any kind of matchups history here? This is the first time these two teams have played, and I was looking again kind of like with the Pirates last week for Michigan. I don't think Michigan State has played a Spider. No Spiders. So this may be the first Spider coming into East Lansing as far as – the football team yeah, goes. Lot, so. Not a lot of mascots in the arachnophobia family from, from what I can kind of pick off the top of my head. No com- um, no, no complaints from me on that one. No, not a spider guy? No, I, no? I don't okay. like anything that's crawly. All right, snakes is what gets me. I, yeah. I can't as even. As long as I see them first, I'm okay. But it, Yeah, uh, I got you. All right. Um, okay, Sparty. Beat the heck out of CMU eventually last week, 31-7. to 7. Here's my notes. Let's let Noel Kim stretch his legs here. And by stretch his legs, I mean stretch his right arm. I I saw a lively arm, okay? Um, I don't know if he necessarily trusts all of his receivers just yet. So I feel like this is a good game to get the passing attack in sync, striking down the field. I expect to see that out of Michigan State. Yeah, I don't know that it's so much he doesn't trust his receivers yet. I don't know that he knows exactly who the who the true receivers are. That was the big question okay. coming in is they had Trey Mosley, but after that, who are the other guys? I think they're still looking for somebody to step up and be them. And then when Elante Brown went down, 
that was, you know, that yep. took away something. So I'm with you. But the biggest thing for me is we saw Michigan State kind of sluggish out of the gates last week. I don't want that this week. We need you to come out, like yeah, you said, I think they guns, guns ablazing from the jump because it gets real after this week Correct. for them. Yes. Like the, this is it. This is your last tune-up. It gets real for them. So you need to put everything on wax. You need to get the confidence going. And you, you got to have Noah Kim coming in on cloud nine next week if you I really agree. want a shot. To I get agree. where you want. So start fast, finish fast. They can they there's no reason they shouldn't. I mean, this Richmond team looks bad. They lost to Morgan State last week. So yep. this is not a good Richmond team. No, anything. it is not. So they should bad spider. They should yep. do exactly what we're saying. Not 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 a not those big, you know, hairy legs. This this is just like a house spider that you just kind of step on and throw in the trash. I I I agree. Yeah. Uh, freshman wide receiver Jerron Glover. I, I think that's who you would look for. Um, tight end Malik Carr. Maybe you get him going in the passing game, right? The guy's been on. You know, campus. they did target him a few times last week, but it just didn't seem like they were in sync. It seemed I like agree. they were off. So let's get that going here, right? Because yeah. essentially, you need. I want to feel good about two to four receivers in, after I get out of this game. You know, um, I expect yeah, because Nathan, you, you think you you think you know who your running backs are. I mean, you Nathan feel Carter, good for sure. about Nathan Carter. You feel good about Jalen Berger. So let's let's do the other part of that, right? We we got the same notes here because I I have no doubt that the running backs will take some available yardage away from Noah Kim in the passing game because I expect them to run downhill well and often. With that being said, got to work that passing game. I think they will. I've got Michigan State forty four, Richmond. Six. I'm gonna hit. <laughs> I one have of Michigan. Them. I have Michigan State 42, Richmond three. Okay, <laughs> at 45. So we're gonna we got to hit some sixes and threes, man. It's gotta happen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, these, these we're not being kitschy here. I, no. I see. I see these possibly be the scores. I see a lot of sad games. field goals this weekend. I do. Speaking of sad field goals, the U. (laughs) Sorry, the UTEP Miners coming in to Evanston to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. This is a two thirty p.m. game on Big Ten Network line. UTEP by a point and a half over under thirty eight point five. So Vegas is saying twenty to eighteen UTEP. If I can jump in front of you here, UTEP is favored. They lost week zero to Jacksonville State, 17 to 14. Didn't exactly dominate Incarnate Word last week, beating them 28 to 14. We have a one in one team who has lost to a G5 team and a pretty bad FCS team, and they are favored over Big Ten squad Northwestern. Oh my, as low as I thought things were. After the Rutgers game, Jordan is getting a being a dog in your own stadium to UTEP worse somehow. I I uh, this this game makes my head hurt. Yes. because it's just <laughs> like yeah, I saw that UTEP is favored, and I'm like, well, but is it that crazy? I mean, with how bad Northwestern looked against Rutgers, is it that crazy? No, but then not. I start looking a little more, and like you said, lost to Jacksonville State, the Rich Rodriguez coach. Jacksonville State, by the way. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I remember. Oh, oh, Rich Rod's down there now. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, uh, like I said, this game makes my head yeah. hurt. I, like, what, what do we, what do we want from Northwestern? Like, I want everything. I want, I need it all because we literally didn't see anything last week. Like, they, right. 
they looked, I feel like, as bad as they could look last week. So it has to be better, right? I hope. I don't know. Um, UTEP can run the ball, okay? Can't really throw the ball all that well. I think they can run the ball. So when I look at this game, Jordan, that's the one thing for each of these teams that I feel like I can point at and say with some confidence, right, of what one of these teams can do. I think UTEP can run the ball. Because when you look at Northwestern, okay, I will say this. The the defense that, that Northwestern is going against, it's, it, it, it's it's it'll be a little bit better looking for Northwestern's offense than going against Rutgers defense because I honestly believe Rutgers defense is good. We'll talk more on them in just a little bit. But I don't see an, an explosion because I just don't see the weapons on Northwestern. And then you thought you were going to get a little bit of piss and vinegar from Northwestern last week being the first game out. Like, let's prove to the world that we still care about football. And they didn't. So, and and then you're like, okay, well, now they're coming home. Northwestern doesn't draw hardly when they're, when they're pretty good. So what, no, it's what's usually a home crowd? game for the away teams, yeah. And maybe UTEP people come up and say, let's hang out in Chicago that weekend. I, I don't know, but like, I, you know, Ben Bryant, don't turn the ball over, right? You, 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 you can't give away the giveables. Get a rushing attack going. Stop the big plays on defense like, Get something going on one or or preferably both sides of the a ball where you just have a better feel going into the next week. That's that's what Northwestern's goal is here. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And all that said, I I don't see a whole lot of points here. Um, I I have this going, and uh, I'm nauseous even saying this, but <laughs> I'm I'm going to give the Wildcats a win here. I have Northwestern 21, UTEP 14, a seven-point win. I don't feel great about it. That's 35, so that's under. Uh, I I feel really good about that under. If I didn't feel better about something else, that would be my Amador okay. block of the week, but I feel better about something else a little later yet. But, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance that there's a pop here and there that it goes over because it doesn't take much. And what makes me nervous about this as an underbet is I think there's a chance for ugliness. And ugliness a lot of times leads to points. You know, muff fumbles, pick sixes, Sloppy, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's why I, I don't love this as an under. I am playing the under. What I like more, though, is UTEP covering. I have got UTEP 24, Northwestern 13. Until I see something different out of Northwestern, I, I can't pick them to win football contests. So UTEP covering just a shade under the 38 and a half. I will say this. Am I going to sit here and watch this game intently? No, but I'm going to be interested to follow it. This is I just have a hard time seeing UTEP scoring more against Northwestern than they did against Jacksonville State. So that's okay. why I went the way I did. Okay. Next game up, the number 19th ranked Wisconsin Badgers traveled across the country to take on the Cougs of Washington State. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on ABC. Let's look lively here, Jordan. We got, we got, other, we got a different game to talk about here. Line Badgers by six, over under 58 and a half. Vegas is saying 33 to 27 Badgers. What do you got here? So this will be the fourth time that these teams have met. The Badgers currently lead the series two to one after yep. the Cougars got the win last week or last year, 17-14. So 
after we just talked about Northwestern and how we're just like, oh, and blah, and blah, I am extremely excited about this game. Yes. I this... think this game has potential to be the game of the week on the field. Correct. I, I think with all of the storylines with, you know, Wisconsin getting beat last year at home when they were the favorite. Now they're going out west. The Pac-12 is dissolving and Washington State doesn't have a home. So they're, they're playing for the pride part of it. All the storylines of this game, the Wisconsin's completely changing who they are, their identity. But are they really? I just I love it. I yep. love everything about this game. I think it sets up to be fun. I want to see this Wisconsin defense Tighten, you know, we talked about tightening. They need to tighten up a little, little bit up. this year or this week because this Washington State offense isn't yeah. something that's amazing. Cam Ward is a good quarterback, not good. a great quarterback, but nope. he can good. take advantage yep. of that looseness in that Wisconsin defense. So I love this game. I love everything about it. I'm excited to sit down and watch it. Um, where, where, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking on it? Yeah, thinking, I'm hoping uh, that I'll be happy over at Iowa win and maybe be grilling up a steak right about the time this game starts. That's kind of my loose plan here. Don't know if I'm going to be able to, to, to do that or not. But I, I, listen, a couple things I'm banking on here is uh, Pac-12 craziness. Okay, this this is a Pac-12 night game. I mean, it won't be quite It will night. be after dark. It will yep. be after dark. It might take yeah. till halftime till it's dark, but it's still going to feel a little crazy. I, I honestly am buying stock in the fact that I believe the, the Cougs are pissed that they're one of the teams being left into the wilderness. I, I don't think that's crazy. I feel like that's going to play into this game. I think Wisconsin is traveling across the country to get into a dogfight here. Maybe it's a cat fight here since it's the Cougars. I don't know what you want to call it. Talking about Wisconsin. Okay. I rewatched that game, that Buffalo game. It, you know, low scoring first half. And I think that maybe. I don't know, honestly kind of plays into the over-under being <laughs> as low as it is. I know that sounds crazy. Okay. I know that sounds crazy. The other thing too is we know at one point in the second half, Longo just said, screw it. Let's run the ball right down Buffalo's throat. And they had success. Okay. I don't know if Wisconsin was ever that worried that they were going to lose the game last week. I wonder if this week they will step on the gas sooner and harder than last week okay in fact i'm pretty much expecting that to be the case there were missed throws that tanner mordecai either just missed or he nailed them and his wide receivers just flat out dropped passes you must have saw it too jordan's nodding with me i think you're going to see more of those hitting however i also think tanner mordecai is going to serve up another one Maybe even a pick six. All of these things to me, Jordan, seem like fireworks and points on the scoreboard. So you're saying Tanner Mordecai might have a thing for a cougar? Is that is that what we're <laughs> hearing here? <laughs> I mean, he's no uh oh shoot, what's the who's the BYU quarterback that plays for the Jets now? Zach Wilson. Yeah, he's no Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson when it comes to uh, going for cougars, but he's up there. Uh, so I, no, I, I I think what I think you're on I think you're on point with it. Okay. You're on point with it. Um, I I do think I'm a little bit worried about what what I'm what I'm going to do here with my numbers because I do think at some point Wisconsin does get back to old Wisconsin and says, "Hey, we do have two of the best players in this game, and Braylon Allen and Jay Louis, and I think we're going to start feeding them the ball because I think we we know that this is what we need to do." Yep. 
I do see, I think Wisconsin gets out early and that okay. happens. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous about what I have my score. But I'm, I think this game is tight the whole way down. And I think that two headed monster that it is can milk this game away. So you want me to go into my score? Or you got more you want to say? The one thing I would add is that I agreed with everything. Um, interesting that you use the term milk with the Cougars, but whatever. I also don't entirely trust Wisconsin's defense. Okay. Buffalo was moving the we ball. Got, we got a Titan. We got yeah, a Titan. We got to cinch it up. Got cinch it up. Um, <laughs> um, I, I felt like Buffalo, if they were just a little bit better team, especially on fourth and short, they would have put more points on the board versus Wisconsin. I think the Cougars are a little bit better than than Buffalo on offense. So I, I see I see points. Okay, but I'll go ahead and get go into my prediction, and then yep, you go, go ahead and it. do yours. I got Wisconsin win the game. I don't know if it's going to be tight all along. I believe it's going to. There could be stretches of of one team going up and then the other. That would be more my prediction. But in the end, maybe it's a backdoor cover. I don't know, but I've got Wisconsin thirty eight. Washington State 34. So at 72 points, I got this going way over. Way over. Wow. I see points like crazy. They're gonna have to prove me wrong for this to be under 58 and a half. Yeah, I know. I so I'm with you on the over. I okay. have it over. I am not nearly as confident in it being that over. I do okay. still see points though. I have Wisconsin 31, Washington State 28. I think you see a late rally from the Cougs trying to make Cam Ward. Up and down the field, and that's where you get to, okay, now we need Braylon Allen, Jay yep. Louis, milk this game away and put it away for us. So I got Badgers winning. They don't cover. I don't think they cover. I think this game is too close. Six and a half, there's no way I would lay six and a half points in this game. Okay. I think no, this game is going to be too close. I agree. And then what's your so then what's your total for near the 50? 59. 59. So you got it a half point over. Got Just it. barely. Not as Just barely. Okay. All right, staying in the evening, the Charlotte 49ers at the Maryland Terrapins. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on NBC. Line Terps by 24.5, over under 51.5. So Vegas is saying something like 38 to 14 Terps. So this would be the only the second time that Maryland has played Charlotte. They played them last year, beat them 56-21. A little note here on Charlotte. This is Michigan Junior. Yes. For those of you that don't know, Michigan has their new head coach, Biff Pogey, Yep, was the associate head coach at Michigan for the last few years. They also have four Michigan transfers on defense: Nakai Hillgreen, Julius Walchov, Yawioki. They just keep on coming. Yep, sixteen total transfers playing in the two deep for this Charlotte team, and the majority of them went to Baltimore St. Francis High where Biff Pogey got his okay. name in the high school ranks. Interesting. So very familiar with all these kids. I think what I'm doing here is kind of leaning towards what you're going to get from me in this game. Okay. Uh, interesting. Also, throw this out here. Former Iowa running back Shadrick Bird is their starting and leading rusher, too. So, yeah, Charlotte going there. Picked dead last preseason in the AAC. But I think maybe they got a decent defense here. Terrapins beat down Townsend last week. What am I looking for out of Maryland? I, I think you did a good job hitting on this on the last podcast. Let's keep Leah upright right let's let's keep him healthy so that that is one thing i from reading through the tea leaves and maybe a direct message or two from terps fans they were not happy with the offensive line that came in the in the uh way of of guys getting to their quarterback which you talked about 
the rushing attack wasn't great either. And that was against Townsend. Okay. And I think Charlotte is a little bit bigger step up in, in, in play for, for, so in all honesty, absolutely, this is a good game. If I'm a Terp fan, because you started out pretty bad competition because you're breaking in O and D lines. I think this is a good step up and I wouldn't expect it to look incredible or maybe as incredible as some people think it's going to look. Yeah, I don't have a single note left on my sheet that you didn't just say about okay. that one. Like, okay. Everything you just said is exactly what I had written down. I I am going to co-sign everything that you just uh, said about co-sign, Maryland. Co-sign, and yes. the one thing about this game to me is the, the, that that spread, 24 and a half points, is a lot. It's a lot. It's points. a lot. Okay. And I, you know. I may have already placed a wager on this game, okay. but I may have got it when it was at 26 and a half. This line wow. has moved two full Down. points okay. since it opened. So that tells you a trend of where people are looking at this. I don't think Maryland's in danger of losing this game. They are they are still far more talented, but this is going to be a plucky game. This is going to be a stiffer test. Like you said, this Charlotte defense is going to be tough. I have Maryland winning. I have Maryland winning 31-17 for a total of 48, so just barely under, and I don't have them anywhere close to covering. I think Charlotte stays in this number, and I think Maryland gets a late touchdown or so to kind of pull this away and make it feel a little bit better than it really was. I think this game can be tight into the fourth quarter, and then Maryland kind of pushes away from that. We're always dead on. I mean, I'll I'll co-sign everything you said on that second round right there. Um, And then – in addition to that, uh, everything we said, I think they're going to want to let Hemby and Littleton go. And and because the every time they carry the ball, Leah is not getting hit. So I believe you're going to see that, which is going to shorten the game, shorten the points on the board. I feel very good about this. Apparently, so does the public. I didn't know that it was dropping that much. I've got Maryland 35, Charlotte 13. So at 48 points, I've got that under and I've got Charlotte Covering that 24 and a half, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. All right, sticking into the evening, we've got two more to go. The Eastern Michigan Eagles at the Minnesota Golden Gophers, 6.30 p.m. game on BTN. Line Gophers by 20 and a half over under 48.5. Vegas is saying 34 to 14 Gophers. What are you looking at? First time these two teams have met. So you have an Eagle versus a Gopher for the first time. (laughs) Uh, Eastern Michigan the last few years under Chris Creighton have been a very good team. This year's team, I don't think, looks nope. to be up to what that standard is. So not exactly the test that you would hope. I think Minnesota may, may have been wanting a little bit more of a stiff test. I think this might be a game where you see old school PJ come out and they kind of just shove it right down Eastern's throat the whole game. And there's yep. not really a whole lot that Eastern can do in this game because I just don't see a whole lot of resistance from the Eagles in this game. Yeah, um, certainly Minnesota deserves to be favored. Uh, Eastern Michigan gave up 200 yards rushing versus Howard. All right, so they beat Howard by f- almost a five-yard average. That does not make me feel good if I'm a if I'm an Eagle fan. Not with um, PJ Flex Gophers coming to town where they like what, to run. Like okay, they do, but so. with that being said, what is what it, we talked about in the last podcast? What is the identity to this offense? Because it, it was a no mo. Mo situation last week. I promise I'm not going to kill you with that all year long, Minnesota <laughs> fans. But I, I do. I'm. I'm. Unless you can't come up with an identity, then I'm going to keep saying it. 
I don't trust the running backs. Zach Evans, I want to see him. He's apparently in the doghouse. I don't know who the lead back is. I, and it doesn't have to be a, a back that carries the ball 25 times a game. We don't need that. But we need somebody we can trust, okay, especially on a third and four. And I don't know who that is. I am. I definitely am going to be checking into this game to see that. Who is that running back? And is the offensive line going to give him the ability to, to even get there? If it doesn't happen against Eastern Michigan, it, it would be appropriate to start hitting the panic button for go for. That's exactly what I was just going to say. If you don't yep. see it here, then I think it turns into a situation where Ethan Kaliak Manis is going to have to throw it 35, 40 times a game because maybe Minnesota doesn't have that run game. If it can't happen here, that might be what you have to see going forward if they want to put points on the board. And I think they can put points on the board with Ethan Kaliak Manis. Okay. Like it's a good, he is a good totally quarterback. Agree. Okay. But I also think he's going to serve one up in this game, too. Okay, there's going to be a mistake made here. Probably leads to points to ECU. Plays into what my my play is here. I think we're, I'm, I'm, if you could see Jordan grinning, I think yeah. we, we're kind of yeah. going. But I do think Ethan Kalikmanis will, will make plays. Here's my thing. If this goes opposite of what I'm going to predict and what I think you're going to predict, okay, it's because at some point they just say screw it and start throwing the, the pill around the yard. If they do that, then I see more points and I see a better chance of Minnesota covering. I'm going to assume that that's not the case, and I'm going to trust the Joe Rossi defense. So I've got Minnesota 31, ECU 13. Oh, boy, we're close, aren't we? So that is a ECU cover, and at 44 points, I got that going just under. Uh, we are very close. I have Minnesota 31 and then Eastern Michigan 10. Okay. So 41. I have them just under and just barely squeaking over the cover. Wow. 21. Just barely. There. That's not where I thought you were going to go with that. Okay. Just okay. barely. I think you're going to be wrong in this one, but we'll, but I mean, look at hey, how close we're, look how close we're. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a half point over, but that's interesting. Okay. I'll tell you what would be fun is if we come down to it, even if I don't have a play on this game, just to see who's right between me and you. See, that's what that's how that game the fact is. that I'm only a half point over here tells you that I truly wouldn't. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, so. no, no, you're not. <laughs> All right. Next game up, our last night game, the Temple Owls at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, 630 p.m. game on VTN line Rutgers by nine. An interesting nine burger over under 44 points. Vegas is saying something like 27 to 17 Scarlet Knights. What do you got? So these two teams have played quite a bit more of a regional matchup here. So Rutgers leads the all-time series 22-15. They have won six in a row also. They did play last year and snuck by 16-14. Yep. So the hair on their chinny-chin-chins of the Scarlet Knights. But uh, to me, I looked at this game, and I saw Rutgers by nine. And I'm like, wait, wait. What is that? Temple, Temple, the team that survived. Akron. Akron and only yeah. scored 24 points and it's only nine that doesn't smell right to me so you man. think this it is, should be more you should, I think it should be more oh, I think it's I'm, I'm thinking 11 and a half would wow. be you're safe. a Scarlet Knights fan okay well um, I mean that yeah. might be a little bit no <laughs> that's all right hey it's okay to have a pet team you know it's tough I think it might be more how, how much I dislike what I temple. saw from Temple I okay. think Temple yeah. is bad um they are bad uh, and, and what I was going to say, though, is it's sad. This will be a step up in competition for Rutgers for what they <laughs> saw last week. So I, I don't mean to I don't mean to be all over Northwestern fans again, because I do think EJ Warner is pretty good quarterback. So I, I think he is a talented enough quarterback 
to hit some plays. Ultimately, I, I don't think a lot. Okay. And I, cause I, I trust this Rutgers defense. Okay. Like if I am a Rutgers exactly fan, my I, I thought. okay. I, I immediately have confidence in my defense. I really, really do have confidence in my defense. I still ain't there with my offense. Okay. We, we gotta see that work in progress. Um, it's on Gavin Wimsett. I want to see them run the ball. Like, like let's establish the rushing attack. There shouldn't be a huge need for Wimsett to put the ball in harm's harm's way. You need the win first and foremost here, because you want to go and keep a bull hopes alive as far as you can into the year. So I definitely think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see good defense and a rushing attack where the sauce is made in this game is whether or not Gavin Wimsett can move the ball through the air and or make make and avoid the mistakes. That's the whole story of this game. To me. I'm going to have to really check and see because I, I feel like we might be sharing a screen here because somehow <laughs> my notes keep being spoken without me speaking. It's Sorry. Like, I don't understand how this is happening. My first note, literally, I want to see Gavin Wimsett grow a little more and stay yeah. within the offense. That's exactly what I have here. I'm with you. Yes. He doesn't need to. I don't. We. I don't think we need to see him throw the ball thirty times a game. I want to see him safe and confident throws and be in the offense, like you said. Get the running game going. They should be able to do it. And just trust your defense. Trust your defense. I don't think this is a. You don't have to score thirty points in this game to win this game. Nope. I just think your defense is good enough. Temple is not that good. That this is going to be a lower scoring game. And all of that said is why this is my Amador Double Barrel Lock of the Week. Wow. I'm locking up the under okay. 44. I have Rutgers winning this game 27-14. So safely covering and three full points under. And I think I'm even a little high with that score. I could okay. see this game being in the 30s by the time it's all said and done. Okay. I don't see a lot of points here. All right. I don't see a lot of points here either. When I give my prediction, well, I'll just give it real quick. I've got Rutgers 23, Temple 20. Okay, so at 43 points, I've also got it under. And here is what I arrived at. I do think there's going to be a mistake made by Wimsat. Okay, I think I think EJ Warner is good enough to put a a touchdown on the board. I think Gavin Wimsat will struggle enough to put a touchdown on the board for for uh, uh, Temple. You know, a field goal here and there, something like that. So. That 44-point total spoke to me because I, I think it should be lower. Okay, that, that's the truth. So I stayed, okay, I stayed under, but something's going on on why they even set it that high. Thought about going over simply because it's stinky. It's a stinky, you know, cheesy line, but I, I, I stayed stubborn and stayed under. But that means that I think you take the goofy nine points. Nine points, that's so goofy to me. I, I, I think you take the points and, and, and you head into it. All right, that gets us to the Big Ten Game of the Week. Going all the way back to Saturday morning, getting 52% of the 944 people that voted on Twitter. Thank you very much for voting. The Nebraska Cornhuskers at the number 22, that's right, the ranked Number 22, Colorado Buffaloes. Completely ridiculous. <laughs> this is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox. Of course, Fox, are they going to beam this game into our brains as much as they did last week with TCU Buffalo? Oh, my God. That was over the top. Line Buffalo, Buffaloes by three and a hook over under a healthy 
59.5. So Vegas is saying something like 31 to 28 fighting Dion's. We got some history here. Give it to me, Jordan. Yeah, that we this 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 rivalry. I don't we don't have to tell Huskers fans anything about the rivalry here. Uh 49, 20, and 2 total. Huskers have a commanding lead in the series. There was a stretch where this was there was bloodthirsty games, and they these two teams have no love lost for each other. And the Buffs have won the last two meetings. So 2018, 2019, they won the last two times. So the Huskers have some revenge that they need to go seek here. Yeah, this is uh I I I think it's uh bottles of, of PP that have been thrown at, at <laughs> Nebraska fans by Buffalo fans. Uh, I think batteries have been like lots of, nasty. Lots of stuff. It is yeah, it, it is for like, not I being wonder, a rivalry that's play, played every year. And not, and and not unregional, you know, like it right. seems like Colorado's yeah. further away than Nebraska than it actually is. It's actually pretty close, but like it just does it. I think they don't feel regional because Nebraska, the state, feels so much different in people and climate and and the terrain. entire culture. Yes, than, than Colorado. So that that's why it doesn't seem like. But of course, that's all of those things probably fit in why these two fan bases hate each other as much as they do. But I tell you, brother, I am I am interested in this game. I I had Kansas. Illinois as my most intriguing game all off season. It's amazing how this can flip in in one week because we 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 have to start with Colorado, okay? Like Nebraska will trust me, we'll we'll get to you here, but unless you've been living under a rock, Deion Sanders came in, completely remade the roster, all is, you know, NIL stuff, freaking transfer portal all over the place. He brought Brings, his Louie. Yeah, yeah, he brought his son Shadur Sanders. We've got a wide receiver cornerback tandem in Travis Hunter. He's playing on both sides of the ball. This is like crazy stuff that is going on here. And it worked. It worked first week versus TCU. Side note. Did you see his snap counts? It, it, Travis it Hunter like played 122 snaps. You That is unsustainable yes. for, for a Division One football season. 100%. I don't There's, care how good of an athlete you are. You can't. Your body, the body cannot take that. First. Cannot take that. So my question is, just starting there, is this the week you start choking back at Travis? I, I, I don't know. No, absolutely not. No, because you want to go is, beat Nebraska. Prime is going for this game. I guarantee I, you. I, I agree. I agree. I uh, maybe a little bit. I, I don't know. Um. So Shadur Sanders was cooking last week. Okay, you cannot deny the stats. They're up there for everybody to see. It's my personal belief that TCU's defense is is. Awful. I, I I think it's a I this was a everybody was saying this was an overrated team being ranked in the preseason. Should have seen it yep. come in. I, I'm embarrassed that I didn't put money on the money line on this game. It was right there for everybody to see. You didn't think you didn't have confidence that TC was that great. Anyways, you know, hindsight's 2020 with that stuff, I guess. I'm not completely trying to take away what Colorado did last week. I just think the football purists that you are as well as me don't believe everything we're seeing. And we don't like all the gloating that Dion and Colorado fans have been doing for the past three or four days here. What did, what did we say on our post podcast for week one? I don't remember don't, everything from week one. We're not going to overreact. Oh yeah. Duh, duh. Okay, we're going to take it all in. Yep, I think yep. the entire country and I think Vegas and I think all of these people 
people are look, looking at what Colorado did to, in my opinion, a very bad bottom third Big 12 TCU team. That TCU team lost everything right. from that team that was in the national title last year. Right. I think they took all of that and they blew it way out of proportion. Yes, Agreed. Colorado looked better than what I expected. They did not look to the point where this line should have shifted okay. as much as, as it, it has. It shouldn't. They didn't look good enough to the point where some AP voters voted Colorado tenth. That's insane. In the AP That's poll, absolutely insane. Like, I mean, Shadur Sanders. Shadur Sanders is out here saying there's no difference in the league that I played in before to to what I saw. Like. Chill out, bro. We we yep. have got eleven more football contests to play here before you can start saying things. The like humble that. pie will be served. I yeah. hope so. Like there are monumental things happening when I am openly cheering for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, which I will make the public <laughs> statement. I am doing that this Saturday. Uh, by the way, t- uh, uh, even against that TCU defense, Colorado could not run the ball. They could not run the ball. Everything was popped on big plays. So switching yeah, over, Shudor threw it like forty-five times. Had to because, and, and they, I will say they ran the ball thirty-four times. So, so Dion did not give up on the run. You know, like he he went at it, just could not. I mean, one point six yard average. Uh, his he took Shudor Sanders took five sacks for thirty-two yards. That's something that plays into what we're kind of get into here. Because by the way, we should probably talk about Nebraska. It's the Big Ten team after all. Lost to Minnesota, thirteen to ten, heartbreaker. Pretty much up the whole game, okay? And I think Minnesota's a quality team, a bowl-quality you know, team, went on the road, first game with Rule, very easily could have walked out of there with the win. Most people believe should have walked out of Minnesota with the win. Didn't do it, I get it, but there was things that we saw. Some bad stuff here is uh, wide receiver IGC out for the season, so their wide receiver room takes another hit. Marcus Washington, who was beat up and suspended, not beat up uh, on the beat up with an injury. I don't Not know, physically. That, that yeah. that we have to out. specify <laughs> with what's going on in Lincoln. That's we got to be careful with that. That came out all right. Beat up health wise, and then also suspended for the first half. He came in last week. You would think he would be healthy and playing the whole game here. Can we get a, a BK four sighting? Billy Kemp did not get a, a, a reception last week. And then how about tight end Thomas Fedoni? I mean. We've been hearing about the guy for seemingly, it seems like half a decade. We've been hearing about him breaking out. Maybe this is the game. We see it. Um, anyways, what are you kind of looking for offensively, defensively, Nebraska, whatever? I think what what you hit on with that Nebraska-Minnesota game is extremely important. They, they, they were in the lead in that game. They had control of that game for so much of that game. I, you just start to worry, is it that, is it the single-digit, margin the losses is it starting to mentally weigh on players even if the coaching staff wasn't a part of all that that stuff still gets talked about so i need nebraska players to just wash that game away i think they will i do wash that away and just take the good out of it because you saw with jeff sims the good that was there there's always good with bad we understand that but the good things that were there with jeff sims can be a huge piece to what this game needs to be because we saw that Colorado's defense isn't exactly the Georgia Bulldogs. Right. I have a stat for you here, and okay. I wonder if you you may have heard this. I don't know, but there did you know there were only two teams in the entire FBS right now that have played a game that have not recorded a tackle for loss. Oh, one Colorado. of those teams is Colorado. 
The other not, one is Georgia Tech. They didn't get they, a sack or a TFL no, last week. No TFLs recorded. Okay. Nothing. Wow. So this Colorado defense. And think about all the snaps not, TCU took. Exactly. All of those times, all of those plays, they yeah. never – an offensive lineman didn't trip and fall down and you had a clean run and a running back. Nothing happened. None Crazy. of that stuff happened. That's almost impossible to believe. That means there is little to zero push from the front seven with Colorado. Yes, absolutely. Which I, now, I hope I'm not – Nebraska goes from here. facing a Minnesota team that had a very stingy Joe Rossi Correct. defense to this. It's going to be like facing Swiss cheese. Okay, so with that being said – Run the leaping <laughs> ball. If My I, next point okay. was going to be: Will Satterfield trust the guys he needs to trust to run the ball? Okay. We, if we, I, so we know that they're there. So we know Nebraska fans are prone to overreactions. Okay, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm saying anything. Only, only slightly. Only yeah, slightly. Okay. With that being said, if Nebraska does not commit to the run in this game, unless they get down something crazy, which I'm not predicting to happen. I will be joining in with Nebraska fans to rip apart the coaching staff in Satterfield because there was guys, there was, there was bros coming at Satterfield already. That's going to be a common theme by the way, this year. Um, but, but I will join in on that. I'm not saying you have to put up 50 points and 600 yards to be happy. I'm saying commit to the run and run it down their throats then especially this week especially this week. and by the way that can happen two different ways giving it to gabe irving let irvin let him get a lather going you can't do that with eight carries you need to see 22 i carries. want 15 to 20 touches yes. absolutely yes so and then obviously mix in a couple of the other running backs then start doing the zone read letting their talented quarterback sims Keep the ball around the side. All of that's there. All of that's like it dang near could be 1990s Nebraska running backs, quarterback, keeping it. And then you pop a couple passes because you don't have a ton of the receivers that are available that you would like to see. You got enough. Okay. You got a couple tight ends. You got Washington. You got a couple receivers that you can trust. Don't make them the feature part of the offense. Make them what is played off of the rushing attack once you cave in the front. It it seems obvious to me. The only thing I don't like about it is that I got to think Dion's staff believes the same thing. So they're going to gear up to stop the run. Run it anyways, Nebraska. That's the whole game. That's the whole thing. They were doing thing. that. They were trying to stop the run against TCU, and TCU was running the ball very effectively. That game got sideways on TCU when they stopped running correct the ball. correct they started putting the ball in Chandler Morris's hand and having him throw it more and that's when the game started to get sideways when they were running the ball early and they were controlling it they were leading the game they went away from the run and then Colorado started to make their move and that's when then Shadour got hot and it was all over from there all right um I think how, how many more points you got here I mean that that was oh, I wanted I to scream run the it. ball the most okay yes I'm with you so you kind of let it, I don't know about slip, or you kind of said something about, I'm loving the under in this, okay? And I kind of said something to you like, I'm not so sure. Then I watched more, right? And I watched the game just like you did, the Colorado um, TCU game. And I saw, I think, some of the same things you saw. And then I'm like, I, I do believe this is a market correction that we're going to see. 
part of that market correction is Tony White in his defense. Okay, we haven't talked much about Nebraska's defense, but Ty, Ty, uh, Ty Robinson's out for the first half. Stupid targeting, stupidest rule on the planet. Uh, but he'll be back. I think even before then, I think Tony White will have a something, something for Dion and Shador. I do. I think they're going to get in the backfield. I, I'm going to trust the Nebraska DBs, okay, in that I don't think there's so many options for Colorado's passing attack that it will be impossible for them to stop, okay? They're going to pop some plays. The key will be stop the pop. You have to limit those home runs. Limit the home runs on, on the amount of home run plays, but more importantly, getting into the end zone. That would be something would be angle drill. I don't know if you ever did pursuit drill when you were in high school. but Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. That should be something happening this week. Stop the big plays from being touchdowns. Get Colorado into the red zone. Make them score from there. That is where I think the advantage takes over. Another thing, Nebraska fans, I am. I just want to say this again. I ain't no Nebraska Nebraska fan. I Nebraska fans, I don't need you to invite me into being a Cornhusker fan. You've done it to me before. It's not going to happen. Okay, but but I can see things how I, how I see them. I also think you have a special teams massive advantage here as well. Okay, another thing that I think Nebraska has an advantage. Anyways, I'm done talking I didn't about have that. On my, I didn't have that on my bingo card about three years ago. <laughs> Nebraska and good special teams. That's probably did. a sigh of relief for the They Husker looked fans. a lot better last week. Return kicks and points. Oh, yeah. I, I think that will play into it. So you or me, who wants to go first? For the go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Tough one, man. I have gone back and forth. I've gone back and forth for the winner. I've gone back and forth for how many points this is at. At one point, I predicted Colorado to win with the phrase, the beatings will continue until morale improves, but I am trusting my gut and a couple other things that I've seen. I've got Nebraska 28, Colorado 27. So obviously that is a Nebraska cover, uh, seeing as how they're dogs. And at 55 points, I've got that just under the game total. Well, I think we should call Vegas. Okay. I have Nebraska 28. Colorado 27. You're kidding me. Total of 55. You're shitting me. Exact same score. That's incredible. See it? That is incredible. It's printed out Holy on a piece cow. of paper, so I didn't just do it right now. And we I, do not look at these things ahead of time. That nope, is 100%. I, I just, uh, to okay. me, I think the Nebraska defense is good enough to slow this Colorado offense down. And I think the Colorado defense being as porous as what it is, is nowhere near the stiff test that they saw with Minnesota. I think the Huskers can at least establish a little bit of that running game and control this game a little bit. And I think their defense is good enough to slow it down. Yeah. All right. Wow. Um, if this is that we have to figure out something to do, if if the score actually winds up twenty eight to twenty seven, Nebraska, yeah, we might have to like pick a listener and send some Amador swag to him or something, just to yeah. celebrate or something like that. So, all right, man, that was a big. That was what are we looking at here? Um, we are at well, we're about an hour and a half podcast here. That's that's just kind of how it goes. Well, I mean, four, that's 14, fourteen games will do that to you. It's fourteen a games. Fourteen games will do that, and I'm excited. I like I said last week. 
first day where I get to just sit on my arse on down in the uh, downstairs athletic club and watch football all day long. Pretty excited for my Saturday. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, that was that was me last week, and I had I had multiple screens going all day yep. long, and my daughter just kept looking at me like I was crazy, running back and forth to different rooms, to different TVs, and different <laughs> screens. It was hey, still get you got to get all the eyes on it. You can get on it. With that being said, we are good. I am Jeffrey DeGree. I am Jordan. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.